Welcome to Sincerely Two Imperfect Therapists, a podcast where we discuss boundaries, money stories, healing within relationships, the therapeutic process, social justice from both the therapist and the client perspective, and the nuances of the human condition. While we may not have all the answers, we use our expertise and personal experiences to guide our discussions that we hope spark curiosity and reflection within yourself. Please note, this is a podcast that's not intended for supervision, therapy, or guidance for your individual needs. Rather, we intend to raise awareness on important topics. We do our best to provide content warnings, though if any topics are upsetting to you, please seek local emergency support. Hey everyone, so uh, before we dive in, just a quick reminder to rate and review the show if you are enjoying it or if you um, find anything useful from it, certainly feel free to leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I um, have had a decent week, but I think I just was telling you before we hopped on that been in a bit of the summer blues because everybody's getting their vitamin D and not really wanting to come to therapy. Yes. um, So I think we'll probably talk about that soon. Yeah. 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 Um, I have a question Mm -hmm. before we get started. Um, which I think is kind of interesting when we frame it in therapy terms. Um, but what is a question you refuse to answer no matter what? And let's frame that in like the therapy room. Hmm. Interestingly enough, I've gotten questions about like income. Oh, really? Yeah. I was very surprised. Like from people who are aspiring therapists or just like in general, they're straight up asking about your income? In general, they look around the office and they're like... No, they don't. Yep. And they're like, how much, how much are you, how much do you make? And I... I'm appalled, honestly. No, yes. Talking about money is so taboo. Right. (laughs) Even though I don't think it should be like... Yeah. But still, it's surprising to me that that's a question. I think that... um, I, I don't I honestly don't know where it comes from because I would never think to go into someone's place or home and be like, hmm, how much money do you make? Like it's no, I know. Um, <laughs> and my response to that is quite simply, I don't feel comfortable talking about my income. Um, I make enough. Yeah, to I survive. <laughs> right. I'm like, I, I'm making enough to pay my bills and make this a comfortable office space exactly and that's literally how I finish yeah. it is and make a comfortable office space um certainly not going to sit there and pull out a calculator and tell you how right. much I make that's very strange um honestly a little but it always gives me really good insight onto yeah. how those people view I boundaries just, well <laughs> that and I was just gonna I say that I, I mean given the money work that you and I have done yes. just in like the last year for ourselves about like therapists making money and mm-hmm. money conversations with clients it just makes me immediately go like what is their money story that's driving yes. them looking around this office and instead of looking at it and going wow I'm so grateful that this is like right. a really comfortable nurturing warm environment mm-hmm. instead it's how much money do you make yes so it's just yes. very interesting to think about what that money story is for them and how do they feel about what they're paying you or their fee or you right. know how does that tie in right very right, right. interesting mm-hmm. I've actually never gotten that type of question um I think we've made general like I've had people that I've had like general references to what people in the mental health field make as far as like mm-hmm. shit for money um like garbage like yes. we make garbage sometimes yep. um and 
but that's more so been in the context of like I have somebody who's looking to go into social work or looking yeah. to go into yeah, yeah. mental health services and so um we have a lot of those conversations but not like a direct like what do you make and I'm pulling out my right. tax form <laughs> <laughs> um what question do I refuse to answer no matter what you know I was thinking about this and I feel like there are few personal questions that I think I would hesitate to answer um that I've been asked like most people know kind of where those limits are like sometimes people will ask me personal questions about like I've had people ask me like are you married because I a ring on my finger right so we'll talk about yeah I'm married and they might ask like I had one client ask me if are you happy in your marriage <laughs> I said <laughs> I'm happy she was young but yeah. it's like I'm happy yes I'm happy thank you um I think that interestingly the question that I would I refuse most often to answer isn't a personal question it's them asking me what do you think I should do? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, hmm, I can't tell you that. Right. What do you think that you should do? What's your instinct yes. or your gut? And then that's where you get into those really meaty, wonderful conversations about like following their internal mm-hmm. compass. But I get asked that so many times, right? And I can that's, feel it yep. coming. Like they're contemplating, they're contemplating, and then suddenly they slowly look at me <laughs> with these big eyes and they're like, so what do you do? think I should do? Yeah. And I'm like, I I can't tell you that. Yes, yes. My favorite is when I get a client who, um, not their usual session, they're requesting a second session a week, which I, tr- I do try to accommodate. Um, and they're like, I need some advice. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what nope. we do. Nope, nope. Um, but, you know, we talk about that when the session comes. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, so today we wanted to dive into talking about time off. I think time off in regards to therapy is kind of um, difficult because I think sometimes clients can have some feelings about it, yeah. understandably so. Um, and time off can vary so much, like from sick time to um, like a scheduled medical or maternity leave to um, like a planned vacation or like a more longer term sabbatical or something right. like that. Um, and I just have I'm all, I'm like team time off. So even though I struggle to take it for myself sometimes. Um, so I think it'd be, it brings up a lot of interesting discussion points. On average, how much time would you say you give yourself for taking time off throughout the year, whether it be like sick time or vacation time? Um, hmm. I think I'm still finding my comfort with that now that I'm in private practice and I can give myself more time I'm still very much sticking to the maybe um I'll I'll still schedule my vacations around holidays yeah yeah honestly just like I would have when I was an agency work for PTO honestly Christmas time is like the ideal time Mm -hmm. for me to take time off for a number of different reasons even though it seems like the worst time to take time off. Yeah. But here's the thing about holidays is I feel like, and I think just because we passed the 4th of July recently, Independence Day here in America at least, um, I think the inclination is to not take time off on the holidays in the sense that like people still need mental health care regardless of the freaking holiday, right? But first of all, it's a federal holiday, so I'm taking that off. But (laughs) also attendance goes down like people have the best intentions they're like yeah I'll come during Christmas like Mm -hmm. no problem New Year's Eve Christmas Eve like no problem day after Christmas yeah I got you and then I'm here and they don't come right and they get canceled and so I'm like 
I'm just I'm taking that whole week off. So I the yeah. last couple of years I have taken basically from like a couple of days before Christmas Eve to throughout New Year's. Like yeah, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that because it's true. Um, I mean, I saw it in agency work all the time. Is attendance would dwindle around the holidays, not because people aren't interested in mental health services because we know we know that we usually see a peak in intake with people who are really struggling because the holidays are so tough Um, and we also have a lot of people being surrounded by family members that may not necessarily be the most healthier exactly Um, and so it's it's definitely it's yes um, but also these are also people who are still planning for the holidays. So they're planning yeah. meals, they're cooking, they're doing last minute shopping. So the chances of them coming. Traveling themselves. Exactly. Traveling themselves. And according to DPH, um, Department of Public Health, we can only practice, we can only see a client if they're in the state that we are licensed in. Right. Um, right. And so it, it happens. I think that I'm trying to factor that in that I also deserve time off because I am also having to do those things with yeah. my family. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are there are days that I like pick and choose, like the big holidays, Christmas, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, all of like if the bank is closed, I'm more yeah. than more than likely not meeting with people. There, are oftentimes though, that if it's like a one off type, I feel like the holidays are so different simply because or the Christmas holiday winter holiday season is different because you have a number of holidays all kind of in a row versus like this was fourth of july right so you have like the tuesday so i worked on monday right wednesday thursday Mm -hmm. like and friday so it's like i'm working those other days and they'll sometimes extend just based on like my current load if i'm like uh, like sometimes if i can't see you on that holiday and that's your normal reoccurring appointment i'll move you to a different day so i can still see you that week Um, obviously not trying to like overbook my days, but if I have room, if Mm -hmm. I have availability, like I'm switching people over, adding a different day just so that I can try to accommodate. Right. But it is hard. I think it's hard to, like we preach to our clients all the time to take time for themselves, Mm -hmm. do self care if they're sick to not come in. Like it's okay to just take time for yourself. And then we ourselves struggle with that so much. Why do you think that us as therapists probably str- like I think it's a community-wide kind of thing yeah I would agree I think for several reasons one um if we also grew up in a household where um relaxing and self-care um was not encouraged then we can continue that I think coupled with the fact that um therapists are often treated like um, a field full of martyrs and um, that we must at all costs sacrifice ourselves for another person in order to achieve their goals yeah. um, not only do I think is harmful um, but also I think what just happens is oh my god I feel so bad this person like really is going through a tough time how am I supposed to take time off while they're going through a tough time um, interestingly enough today I had a uh, first year student um, graduate student for counseling reach out for an interview and one of the questions was what would you say to a budding counselor and I said well don't self-sacrifice and I went in um, and elaborated on my answer I said it does not behoove you or your clients 
for you to model self-sacrificial behavior because oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes we are the first healthy individual that a client comes across Mm -hmm. in their life. And so we cannot promote healthy behavior if we are not modeling healthy behavior. Um, I don't think he was expecting that answer. (laughs) Um, But I think think that's definitely a reason. I know it's something that I have always struggled with where I grew up in an environment where... um, if you weren't doing schoolwork or you weren't working, you're, you still have to do things. Like if there was something that needed to get done, you had to do it. And woe is you yeah. if you were caught not doing anything. So it, yeah. it was always an on-the-go type of thing. And that has definitely translated over to how I view work. Yeah. Well, it's challenging on that note. Mm-hmm. Um, I recall growing up and my parents always used the phrase work before play. Yeah. Um, and so often you know can I go play in the lake work before play Laura did you do your chores um or you know if I wanted to go ride my bike it was the same response work before play did you clean your room did Mm -hmm. you do your homework did you do and that was great in childhood because there was a limited amount of work right I am now in adulthood Mm -hmm. and I feel like the work is endless yes I could probably sit at my desk and do endless tasks for work I could go home and find endless tasks to do Mm -hmm. before I play quote unquote and so I think that that's where I myself and probably us as a society struggle to take breaks for ourselves and Mm -hmm. if we're going to be modeling healthy behavior for our clients we have to be able to do that and I think as far as like planned vacations I feel like I do okay Mm -hmm. because I can just block off the time right. like I'm just not available right like right let's talk about a different day or a different time or the fact that I'll be gone for that week and we can prep for that and I feel like I have adequate resources mm-hmm. to get people ready for an absence that I have coming up so I don't know if you had said a specific time frame that I can't remember if you said a specific time frame that you normally take off throughout the year you said like holidays yeah I try to take holidays here and there I, I have to admit since I started private practice I want to say a good nine going on 10 months ago yeah. I'm almost coming up on the year um haven't scheduled a week-long vacation yet and for me I think that we went to Mexico that oh that was, was the weekend week that was a weekend <sighs> that was a weekend yes 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 um and I think part of the reason why is I'm still working through my like almost like it's in it's incredulity on my part of mm-hmm. I can afford to take a week off uh, um, but then I think about like but that's a week with no pay that's no yeah. money because if I don't see clients I don't get money right um, and so I'm still struggling with that um and scheduling time because of that I certainly can I just still struggle you know what's interesting about that is I had a similar conversation with so I work with um kind of like a financial coach and she um we talked a little bit about like time off and now I'm not getting paid for that and she's like why Mm -hmm. I said you're in private practice. I'm in private. Like, hello. Like, are we like, are we talking about the same thing? (laughs) Yes. Um, and she's like, well, do you have money in your bank account? I said in my business bank account. And she said, yep. I said, I mean, I do. I have like a good chunk of money in my business bank account. And she's like, so pay yourself from there. 
Like right. that's your money. And I was <laughs> exactly. like, no, but it's the business's money. And some of that's for taxes mm-hmm. and some of it's for savings and some of it's for this. And I'm saving up because of my bills that I have to pay. I'm an oversaver when it comes to my business. Like Same. <laughs> I have things quote unquote saved or set aside for bills that aren't due until next year. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. Like I'm not exaggerating. And she was like, Laura, pay yourself. Yes. Pay yourself, even if it's 50% of what mm-hmm. you would have made that week, you can pay yourself for time off. And I'm like, Ugh. I haven't done so yeah. yet because I just can't bring myself <laughs> to do it. But, but I hear you. It's that thought of like, we're not working. Money's not coming in. Right. So it's just, it's challenging to think about like taking those extended leaves off. Um, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a chronic vacation taker because I don't take them a lot, I guess, but I am, I like to travel. Mm -hmm. I feel like that fills me up. That's what like rejuvenates me coming back into the office. And so I take, I've taken quite a few like week long plus vacations. One of those usually being around the holidays Mm -hmm. or in like the winter. Um, But like I just got back from London in the beginning of June, end of May. So I was in London for eight days, um, which again, like, in private practice, kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's easier for me just because I only work Monday through Wednesday. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if I take three days technically right. off, then I'm off, you know, right, 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 much right. longer than yes. that. I actually have more time for a vacation. I'm really only taking three days off, you know, that's yeah. what I like do to convince myself that it's <laughs> better. Um, but I do feel like I try to take a good chunk of time off. What I struggle with is sick time. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not feeling well and I wake up not feeling well, I, and I hate to say this in like the time of COVID, like obviously if I have COVID, I'm not coming to work right. or like if I'm absolutely unable to move, mm-hmm. I'm not coming to work. If I have a fever, I'm not coming to work, if I'm there, you know, et cetera, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the obvious is. Ob- 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 I know what you meant. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I struggle when I'm sick. Yeah. How do you deal with sick time? Um, I also struggle with that. Always have, um. I will be, like, conscious about it, so I will wear a mask. And even mm-hmm. when I have been sick before COVID, um, I will always, like, clean in between. I always keep a distance. I always have hand sanitizer and tissues on hand, anything to avoid um, getting my clients uh, sick. Um, after COVID, I think I've just made a complete shift where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not coming in because I just I don't know and and now I'm you know pregnant so yeah especially higher risk especially higher risk where I will I have now you know my clients are really awesome they're you know they've they've messaged me like hey I'm feeling a little under the weather are you still comfortable with me coming or should we just reschedule because I know you got you know baby in the belly and I said okay well we can wear masks like if it's not you know if you're not dying or puking up a storm I think I'm good (laughs) yeah um but sick time in the past has always been an issue for me where um I remember I used to have to get sent home because I would still get up and go to work and then I'd show up and my supervisor's like respectfully you look like hell so please leave (laughs) that happened yep that happened to me a few times too I remember like having a horrible horrible migraine like Mm -hmm. not even something that's like contagious it's just like I feel like garbage yes and my coworkers in management basically looking at me and being like go home right like go home 
Mm-hmm. Like, why are you here? Go rest. And that being such a hard thing for me. I think why I struggle with that, though, is like because when I have a planned vacation, I can prep and I'm just simply not available. And there's like it's there's forewarning to that or enough warning versus when I'm sick, I just get so stuck in that martyred martyrism Mm -hmm. of like, or martyrdom of like, they committed to this time slot. Yes. I committed to this time slot. They're looking forward to coming ideally. And who am I to then tell them that I can't see them today Mm -hmm. or I can't see them this week because I literally feel like crap. It just, that weighs on me so much. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I think, um, the reason I started shifting away from that is um, just because, well, now I have somebody else to think about, right? Sure. In, in my stomach. Um, <laughs> a and growing sh- human. <laughs> a growing human. And I will say pregnancy has forced me to slow down. I am definitely not one of those people that likes to slow down. Um, if I can if I can move, I'm doing something. And, I, and again, I think that comes a lot from my childhood. But I'm glad that you mentioned, like, you don't necessarily have to be physic, you know, like have some contagious. physical symptoms yeah. or be contagious. And I think that it, this is a good segue to talk about mental health days. Yes. And how therapists need mental health days too. Arguably, a lot of them. Because especially for you and I, we are both specifically trauma therapists. Yeah. And so, you know, listening to that day in and day out, it's not that we don't like it or we can't handle it but we are human and so there at at some point gets a limit where that does take a toll on your mental and emotional well-being and we both know and everybody really knows I think um, your mind and your body are attached Mm -hmm. to each other what you feel you don't just feel emotionally you feel it in your body and so I've caught myself some days getting up and noticing an extreme fatigue and I have to be real with myself Am I able to hold space for what yeah. may be con- the content discussed during session today? Yeah. And I've I forced myself to get very real about that. And if I can't, then I can't because I then I, I try to justify like y- these clients are coming in, uh, most of them considering my specific niche because they've never had somebody who can be present for them. And so imagine what it would look like if I'm checked yeah. out because I haven't met my needs. How yeah. am I going to meet theirs? Well, and that's probably been the case throughout much of their lives mm-hmm. is that they've had exactly. people who have said that they're showing up or being there for them fully. Meanwhile, they're secretly resentful or they're secretly right. checked out or right. they secretly whatever. That mm-hmm. it's just full of actual like tension and negativity versus genuine compassion and interest and exactly that's what our clients deserve so I do like when it comes to my sick days I'm so glad that you brought that up or like Benzel Hall days basically a spontaneous day off yep um try to remind myself that what my clients actually deserve is somebody who's present and capable of sitting with them versus not and that so I have a little quick brief story about that Um, but there was a day that I was, and I was having physical, like as fatigued and really struggling to be awake. I'm trying to remember what, I don't know. I, yeah, it was not great. Could hardly make it through my first two sessions. Mm -hmm. Like I was, all I could think about was 
staying alert and like focus Laura focus on what they're saying stay like focused do not like blow chunks right now um and it literally came to the fact that my one of my afternoon clients showed up I opened the door and I said I can't see you I'm sorry Mm -hmm. and they were like what I was like uh if I'm being completely honest with myself I am I need to go home I, something is not sitting right with me and yep. I just, I have, I have to go home. I'm really sorry. Can I see you in a few days? And we rescheduled for yeah. that same week later. Um, but it was one of those things where I had to level with myself that, that those clients did not deserve to sit with me in that state. Mm-hmm. And I deserve to go home and rest and be taken care of. And I wouldn't want somebody showing up at 25% for me so often I'm trying to remind myself of that but it was a hard thing to especially when they're like standing here and I'm like I know you made it all this way to my office but (laughs) I have to go and thankfully like like you said my clients are so gracious and like understanding um because they know that I do the same for them right absolutely and it's it's that right and sometimes things just don't go as planned we might have felt really great at the beginning of the day maybe we ate something it wasn't good like therapists are humans we've said it many times in this podcast as things happen um and so I think that again when we show up for ourselves we're better able to show up for other people um and hopefully they you know uh continue that behavior right that because it's modeled to them that hey it's okay for you to not be able to always make it it's okay for you to not always be able to function at a hundred percent and how do you take care of yourself when you can't do that so it brings up an interesting question, mm-hmm. right? And I think that this plays into it a little bit for me at times, and I think often for therapists in private practice who have like cancellation or yes. no-show fees. Yes, yes, yes. But how do you kind of reconcile with the experience of taking time off? And obviously there's no consequence in that sense of like mm-hmm. you're not refunding them or anything. Like, right. You're not paying them because you couldn't make it. But yet if they are sick and need a sick day and can't make it, that more often than not, a lot of us have at least a less than 24-hour cancellation policy that requires a fee of some sort. Yeah. Um, The way I've personally handled that is um, I get it things happen I remember for a time I was caretaker to my dad so Mm -hmm. there would be times where I did have to cancel last minute because something came up with dad and that honestly was at the time what was a priority to me um I was able to acknowledge that just because something else was a priority to me doesn't mean that somebody else had to rescind their boundary for me um not everybody can do that and that's that's fine um for me, how I handle it is if we can reschedule within the same week, I don't charge that no-show fee as long as it's within the... Um, for them, if they if they for are... Them. Okay. Yes. As long as we can cancel, I mean, as long as we can reschedule within the same week, I'm yeah. cool. Like, I yeah. get it. Things happen. Things happen last minute. I'm still seeing you, maybe not on your day. That requires compromise within bounds right so if a client's asking well can I see you at 8 p.m no (laughs) sorry can't see you at 8 p.m I can see you on these days and if we can't come to something then we we talk about that but usually because it's been a conversation ahead of time um 
most I think I've never yeah. had clients that are like well that's BS that it's, you get to take this right day. and, and yeah. my thing is also I think it's important to remember that therapists in private practice um, we do have a consequence we are not getting paid right if we have to cancel or we can't make a session right. so the our consequence is a financial thing it's also not it's inherently not a reciprocal relationship. Inherently not. Exactly. You are coming to me for, for service. a service. Correct. And if I am not available anymore on that day of service, then mm-hmm. it's really, then that's kind of just what it is. But if right. I'm available and you've booked the service and you can no longer make it, then there is a fee for that because yes. I was available during the time that you had requested to book me for. Right. Right. right Versus right. like, I'm no longer available. So you don't you're not getting charged but you're also not getting you're not paying for something that you're not getting yes because i wasn't available and i think that's where people get kind of tripped up with is that they you know clients do start seeing us either like as a friend or as a close person in their life because when you hold emotional space for someone you cultivate a strong relationship but that is the fact of the matter is at the end of the day it's still a service we are so professional we are a service provider it is inherently like not reciprocal. Like it's it's not on the same level, right. you know. Right. Um, it'd be different. I think I can, and, and I those are conversations that um, I've never had to have, but I've always been prepared to yeah. if the question ever comes up. Because, yeah, but Th- it, yeah, thankfully I, I've never had that conversation. Yeah, like, nobody's ever challenged like, me on that. I'm, I see it sometimes on the Facebook group page. Yes. I think that may have come up, and it's like. And, and everybody comments the same thing. Well, it, you're providing a service. You're not just the buddy from down the street that they come over their house to chat with. That's not what this is. There is a reason why it's important for therapists to have boundaries because while right. therapists can model what a healthy friendship looks like, we're not our client's friends. Right. Right. And you're paying for my availability. Yes. Right. And so if I'm not available, then there's no, like, then that's just... Right, exactly. Just not available. Yes. Um, yeah, thankfully, I've never had anybody challenge me on that. I have a similar policy. Um, for a while, I toyed around with a no cancellation mm-hmm. policy, um, which essentially, it's not that like people, well, essentially, it was that a really strict like reschedule policy. Yeah. That like, if you couldn't make it to your appointment and you had, a, you had a, like a reoccurring 12 o'clock appointment every Monday, that if you couldn't make that 12 o'clock appointment one week, you would schedule it for the week during or the week before or the week after. Um, so sometimes you would double up on appointments if you couldn't make that specific yeah. appointment rather than canceling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I tried it. Mm-hmm. I struggled to get behind it because I don't schedule reoccurring clients all the time. I have yeah. a lot of people that schedule week to week. Um, and I just was struggling with myself enforcing it. And I tried to do some like introspection in myself. Like, does that have something to do with me? Am I like yeah. struggling to enforce this for some reason? But I just really think it came down to not feeling totally aligned. And maybe mm-hmm. I'll revisit again in the future and see if I can like tweak it to align better with how I feel. But when it came to people who are genuinely having like emergencies or crises right. or issues... And one of the arguments for the no cancellation policy is that you don't have to then determine what's an emergency. Right. Right. Like you don't have to try to determine what else is somebody else's crisis or what is somebody else's crisis. But 
to some degree, like when my clients would genuinely have something that I felt was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, like your car broke down. Like what yeah. else are you going to do? Yeah, right, right, right. It's, it became complicated for me to enforce that. And so I also have like a, a reschedule policy. And the same is true if I'm sick. If I'm sick, mm-hmm. I'm looking to offer you an alternate appointment time exactly. later that week. Like at the very least, I want to try to see you this week. Right, absolutely. But it might not be today. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, I noticed that because I've been in private practice and my stress level is so um, significantly less, at least in my work life, um, I find that I'm not running on an empty tank yes. anymore. So I am actually taking less mental health days because it doesn't feel like I need them as much like I I work Monday through Thursday but Thursday I'm done by like 1230 um so and then I don't my quote administrative day is Friday so it's like I I have plenty of time that I'm making for myself yeah I also am very strict on myself because I have to do this with me sometimes is I only have one late night instead of two or three like I used to Mm -hmm. um there even was a time I was doing four late nights and that was that sucked and and I did find myself getting more physically sick I found myself taking more mental health days because I needed them yes I wasn't making time for myself on a day-to-day so it just kind of had to happen on any given day where my body I I would wake up and my body would be like yeah, no, we're not doing this today. Yeah. yeah. I I so clearly remember the time when I was working nine to eight mm-hmm. every single, single day. day. Yeah. I think Fridays I might have had off early, but nine to eight, mm-hmm. your body is bound to give at some point. Oh, absolutely. Bound to just like shut down. Yep. That's an interesting thing that you bring up because I don't know if I've really thought about that too much like since being in private practice and especially since like reworking my schedule in a way that not only works better for me mm-hmm. um overall but just even like when I first started private practice I was no Fridays yeah. and now I've as of the new year I've switched to um a three-day work week yeah and it's funny because I know you said earlier we're trauma therapists so it's like a different level of of shit that we carry um yeah with us and oftentimes I get a lot of judgment from like outside people not necessarily Mm. clients but like when I tell people like yeah I work Monday through Wednesday and they're like oh that must be so nice and I'm like okay well first of all yes it is nice yes (laughs) um and I did that on purpose because I firmly believe that we're not made to work five hours five days a week I agree not five hours five days a week I agree um we should be at least having Fridays off so that's a bonus of just like being my own boss Mm mm-hmm But on the flip side, like for me working a five hour day, because that's generally the most that I do in a day. Yeah. If I'm working a five hour day, that to me feels like I end that day feeling like a normal eight hour work day. Yes. Like if I were to be working a different type of job, I feel like that's how I would feel at the end of like a nine to five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm seeing five people because I'm like. Kara, it's just a lot. It weighs on you differently. It does. It does weigh on you differently. Um, And I can say that from experience because I used to have a job. I used to have many jobs where I wasn't a therapist. Oh, Mm -hmm. the eight hour day hits different when you're a therapist um, because you're carrying around with a lot of people stuff. And this isn't an attempt to minimize other fields. But um, when I was putting in numbers in an Excel spreadsheet, uh, yeah, not the same. 
Not even a little bit. Nope. Well, I think about it even in like contrast with, um, I'll just call it my husband. Um, He's a very hard worker Mm -hmm. and I love him dearly. Shout out if he's listening or if any of his friends are listening. (laughs) Hello. I think they do sometimes. Um, (laughs) Hello. Um, I love him dearly. He works very, very hard. Um, But he, since COVID, works Mm -hmm. primarily from home. When I first met him, he worked only a day or two from home. Um, But now he's strictly work from home. And it works great. I get, I'm, I'm happy yeah. that he gets to like spend all day with our dog and mm-hmm. whatever. You know, a lot of mis- people misinterpret his working from home as being like, he just does whatever he wants, which no. is obviously not the case, right? Like he's <laughs> no. working during yes. that time. And yet he gets to like get up between meetings and go downstairs and mm-hmm. get a snack and take the dog out. And, you know, he gets to go back upstairs. He gets to, like, curl up in his sweats and, like, put on some good tunes and just check out. Yep. So he's, like, a software engineer. He does computer stuff. So a lot of his work is just, like, solo and kind of to himself. Um, but it's just a different level of energy exertion, yeah. which I totally envy sometimes. That This is totally coming from a place of envy at times. <laughs> um, but that's just a brief example. But, yeah, it's a different level of engagement. And I think mm-hmm. – people misinterpret what we do is just like oh I'd love to just like sit and talk to people all yeah day. right it's not sitting and talking to people that's no a common misconception there is so about much what, happening yes yeah, so much happening in the room don't get me wrong some days I do wake up and I'm just like hmm if someone were to look at my job it really would just look like me talking to people but the, what's going on in that room is so much mm-hmm. more complex mm-hmm. and that's why I always like laugh when people are like oh yeah I love talking to people I can I I would be I'm a great therapist such a good listener I'm such a good listener and I'm like okay um, <laughs> okay Jen okay. <laughs> um I just yeah no like yeah. even with play therapy people think oh you're just playing like uno no no, oh, no. I'm not <laughs> I am demolishing them and then doing emotional regulation yes <laughs> literally <laughs> I am purposely creating a very intense emotion so that I can help put it back together. Have you seen those memes? I think it's therapy notes that like post them, but be like with the the, force, like the (laughs) draw four and it's like waiting to demolish your client who's eagerly has just called out Uno. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I used to love doing that. It would be so fun. Not that I would not love getting people mad but just like it's a joy in the job it's a joy in the job yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but like people you know I I think that um I don't know why why people have this conception that like therapists just talk and that because we're sitting down it must mean that we're not working hard and that's not the case like I definitely have some sessions where if my kiddo is you know spicy I'm walking around and pacing the room with them Mm -hmm. like or I'm on the ground because they can't sit on my sofa they sit on the ground and so I'm sitting on the ground with them oh hell yeah um you know it's it's there's so much going on I often have this conversation with my husband um we both acknowledge that we could not do each other's job. Um, so my husband works in a construction warehouse and his job is very labor demanding. I used to work a labor job. Um, not that I can't do it, but it's just like he has to remember so many things. How he does that with having ADHD, I'll never know, but he does it well. Um, and it's just, he has to keep track of so many things while also doing the labor. Um, but then he looks at me, he goes, I could never do what you do. I would lose mm-hmm. my patience. Like I could, I can't do this. Like, my my yeah. husband says that all the time. <laughs> like, right. And it's just like, 
yeah you know you have your jobs that are emotionally taxing mentally taxing and physically taxing I think what a lot of people don't know is that being a therapist can have all three well and I think what we're also talking about here is like during COVID right we had the quote-unquote like essential workers Mm -hmm. right so we almost like divided jobs into these categories of your job is useless (laughs) And right. uh, your job is vital to the community and you have to be here no matter what. Right. Um, and I think what's interesting is we kind of fell in, I think we leaned more towards essential, mm-hmm. but fell kind of in the in-between as mental health always does because yep. we are the healthcare that's not quite healthcare. Right. Um, right, right, right. And it, we're not looking at surgeons and expecting them to be available we do expect that if we go to the hospital that there is a surgeon right available but frankly it doesn't matter which surgeon is available but right. if a surgeon wants to like go to italy for the week like we don't know any different right i've gotten messages from like my primary care office saying that my doctor will be out for the week mm-hmm. or that my doctor's oh she's off that day sorry is there a different day that works for you right like And I don't question that. Right. Right. It's like, okay, I'll have my physical a day later. No problem. Yep. (laughs) Or like, do you have a different doctor that I can see for this weird symptom that I'm having? And unfortunately, I think mental health falls into this category of being outside all of that, Mm -hmm. that because we do such individualized care, they are not just going to like see someone else I mean they can and that is an option if you take like an extended sabbatical or a maternity leave offering clients like the opportunity to go see someone else if they choose Mm -hmm. is available but I don't think clients often see it that way yeah that it's like but you are my therapist right you're my but you are the person and because we're dealing with mental health I think it feels like a specific betrayal to people of like yes but I am deteriorating mentally right and need you yes but I also can't be your only person. Exactly. And that's why from the get-go with clients, um, I'm always starting to look for, okay, where are the potential um, supportive factors um, in this client's life? Even if it's not a person, is it an activity? Is it a sport? Is it a book club? What is it? Um, because I, I know that I can't be the only thing. Yeah. Um it's just not it's it's also not helpful for the client because I think that also starts opening the door for codependency um and I I I, once this therapist on TikTok um started mentioning like how it's unethical to put a time frame on therapy and it's like okay I get that but also the client cannot be dependent on the therapeutic process alone like a timeline, like meaning like on treatment, like, like she framed it as, um, you know, it's unethical for therapists to not, um, if clients want to stay past a certain, like, let's say their treatment goals are done and they haven't oh. identified anything else. That's the way she phrased it. I don't know if that's the way sure. she meant it, but that's definitely the way I perceived what she said um I disagree with that I think there comes a time where clients should be able to go through their day-to-day without needing um a therapist on a week-to-week to to get them through something because the goal of therapy is to teach clients skills on how to manage their life on a day-to-day if the clients you know like and I get I've been in therapy for 
a long time. But during those times, if we finished working on something specific, I'm not, I'm not going to need weekly or twice a week. I'm going to go down to maybe every other week, maybe even monthly, maybe stop and come back when something comes up. Yeah. Um, but I disagree with this idea of almost permitting this codependence to, to come up to come up between the client therapist relationship yeah I mean I feel like the the open-endedness of that feels uncomfortable for me Mm -hmm. um that I often like tell my clients and I think we might do like an episode on this in the future but I often tell my clients that the goal is for you to no longer need me yes my goal is for you to stop seeing me one day yeah (laughs) yeah and that doesn't mean you can't ever come back but I think that that comes to like normalizing the ebbs and flows of Mm -hmm. therapy throughout the lifetime I think that like the work that we do in therapy is a lifelong process right but there's definitely breaks and and Mm -hmm. peaks and valleys and um we have to allow for that to happen um absolutely and I think that's one of the ways that I try to frame time off sometimes to people Mm -hmm. is that like wow we were seeing each other once a week for the last year and we're running out of things to touch on because you're feeling better but you're feeling apprehensive and how convenient that I have a vacation coming up right let's consider that a trial run Mm -hmm. let's see how it goes and I mean I do that without even having a vacation but sometimes that's like the external push yeah absolutely to let's see how it goes and then I'll bring it up and how was that? How was that for you to not see me for, well, actually, you know, it wasn't as bad as I anticipated. Um, or, oh my gosh, it was awful. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about it that way. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm wondering if you've ever, um, I don't think you had mentioned that you've ever gotten negative feedback from people for taking time off. No, if anything, I've actually had clients make observations that I haven't Oh, <laughs> where they're like, hey, no disrespect, but I've you you've been seeing me like, do you take time off? And then we have a real conversation about, you know what? You're right. Um, I don't find myself doing that a lot. Um, and then, the you know, I it's just I don't know, maybe also my level of tolerance for like work and sure. how frequent I go is different. Everybody's is sure. different. Right. Um or what, yeah. or what fills you up. Like I, exactly. like I talked about, and I think I mentioned earlier on this episode that like something that fills me up is like going places. Yes. Like I like to travel, whether it be like in this, the locale of New England or I just got back from London. I went to Italy in October, like Mexico in May. Yep. <laughs> Sound like an international I traveler, um, which I aspire to be. Um, and that stuff is like what brings me back, like rejuvenated and like ready to come back. There are other people that are happy with their weekend staycations That's and me. like <laughs> reading their books and just hanging out and watching Harry Potter movies yes. over and over again. Yes. Um, calling you out specifically. Yes. Um, and I think it just comes down to like what fills us up. And for yeah. me, like I need it requires a little bit more time off because I'm not just going to like hit up Iceland in three days, you know? Right. I mean, right. I did go to Mexico for the weekend, but that was for a wedding. So yeah, a little different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, you know, it doesn't take, I just need time for myself and I'm pretty good to go. Even like on a daily basis, when I do schedule, um, like an hour, an hour and a half in between sessions, 
I'm good. Like I can see another five back to back because I'm good. Um, I, I don't wow. know why that is, but I can definitely, I can keep it pushing. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that I am hyperactive impulsive and I just have tons of energy that I need to get out. Have no idea, but it works for me. And so I go with what works for me. I know I can't do more than one late night. Not possible. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Mm-mm. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Because obviously we've acknowledged the fact that you are growing a human, yes. which is a hard thing to do. Yes. That impacts time off in a number of different ways, mm-hmm. both if somebody has physical symptoms that are impacting them, uh, but also in maternity or paternity leave. Right. Um, talk to me a little bit about how that's been, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's not been as bad as I thought it was, or I was always scared that it was going to be. Um, I was blessed enough that I only got morning sickness from weeks 6 to 12. Okay. Um, and during that time, I met my needs. I only told, from 6 to 12. That's only, only six, 6 weeks. Right. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> only 6 weeks of being feeling like yeah. hell. No worries. Um, but comparing to other women who are sure. sick their whole pregnancy. Sure. I, or have like, what is that, hyperemesis or something? Where it's like yeah. a chronic throwing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I only, you know, had it for those weeks um, and I did what I had to do. I told my clients, I am going to be munching on these soda crackers um, because that's what I need to do in order to focus. And I did not have one client who was just like, how dare you munch on soda crackers while I'm telling you the worst part of my life. Um, And I did you tell them why at that point? I did. Yeah, Um, I did. I told my clients um, around the time that that started happening because I knew that I just wasn't going to be able to hide it. Like, it was unreal. um, The level of discomfort I was feeling during those weeks. It has since died down. I do get fatigued um, uh, very easily. So if it's a bad day, like the days that we had all of that smoke from the wildfires in Canada, you bet my ass I was taking a lot more pauses while I was speaking because the air quality was so bad. I already can't breathe because I'm pregnant. I already couldn't breathe before because I'm asthmatic. So I was having a tough time. (laughs) And I just am very real about it. I let my clients know I will be taking maternity leave. We can talk about if you want to speak to a colleague of mine while I'm out or if you want to take a break. We can talk about one, what's most clinically appropriate and two, also what's your preference because it can't force you. I get it. You don't want to just talk to somebody random. Um, And and that's kind of how I've been handling and pee breaks. Like I, listen, once, once that baby starts squishing, your bladder it doesn't matter if you want to go pee or not you have to yeah I've heard that that happens even before like the physical baby is like like that hormones in general Mm -hmm. when it comes to pregnancy are like sending alerts to your body being like urinate urinate yep (laughs) yep, go to the bathroom (laughs) it gets about 10 times worse so I am now in month five and I gotta pee like it's not even a (laughs) Oh, I can hold it. No, like no, right you can't. Yeah. You have to go right now. Yeah. Um. And so I have had to say to a client, "I'm sorry, I gotta just pause right now, and I gotta go to the bathroom." Because it also comes sometimes without warning. Like, right. You could be fine, and then out of nowhere, pee. Yeah. You know, here's uh, the thing, though. Like, we're talking about pregnancy in in general. Yeah. I've had clients who they themselves mm-hmm. will literally stop and be like, can I go to the bathroom? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. No you know, actually, 
funnily enough, we're, okay, if you don't like bathroom talk, you can feel free to just skip forward yeah, skip, a, a yes. little bit. Um, I actually had a client who just very, you know, people get very comfortable. Mm-hmm. They all have different combo. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go poop. <laughs> I, I was that. like, all right. I'm glad that we're paying attention to our needs. It was the end of session anyway. I was like, all right, I'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> I love but like, that. But if we expect them to be able to be advocating for themselves mm-hmm. in that way like I don't feel like they can process their trauma or concentrate right. effectively if they're holding in a bowel movement or exactly. if they have to go to the bathroom like and same goes for me like right you deserve me to be present mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the bathroom if I need to yes granted we started out talking about pregnancy but I can yeah. see that that's like the same like if I'm only focusing on not throwing up or like I can't listen to you. I yeah. can't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I've scheduled myself accordingly to that as well. Um, I've also been very transparent with like not starting, uh, you know, not starting my day at a certain time because now I'm waking up multiple times throughout the night and I'm tired as hell. So I'm doing 8 a.m. sessions every single day. Not going to work. Um, I get away with doing it at least once a week, but it's, you know, yeah. the, it, I can't not take my leave. I can't not right. stop. I can't stop my symptoms. It is what it is. Have you thought about how long you want to take your leave for? Yeah. Um, I think it's going to heavily depend on, you know, our, like my household's uh, finances sure. and like how comfortable it's going to be. Um, so right now it's looking like three months. However, I think that actually, um, my husband will be taking paternity leave first. Wow. Yes. Um, and it just kind of makes more sense financially um, because of um, our income for me to take it later because I'll be able to take more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to give myself, obviously, time for my body to heal. So I'll most likely be working from home for about a month um, while my body heals instead of coming into the office. Um, and then taking my leave um, a couple months after that, where it sure. might be four to five months just so that we're comfortable because we didn't find out until I was already a month. So it kind of feels sure. like crunch time. <laughs> I will say I have heard about people um, staggering maternity leave mm-hmm. um, rather than taking it together, just yeah. also in the sense of like childcare, mm-hmm. like it delays having to pay for daycare or childcare in some fashion whatever you decide to do yes um but it is interesting that I think we should maybe think about maybe doing an episode I think we say that every episode that we have more (laughs) ideas coming forth but I think it would be a great episode to do like a motherhood maternity leave type conversation talking about what that looks like yeah Yeah. absolutely I think we should probably get a peri and post- Needle yeah. therapist on here. That would be I, awesome. I think I know of one who follows us. So yeah. maybe we reach out to That'd her. That would be awesome. Let's do a yeah. card and then we can wrap up our conversation. These cards all are like, I know these are deeper cards, but yeah. I feel like I'm always dissatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with this one. Yeah. What do you think is the worst age to be and why? Worst age to be? Um, I don't know worse age to be. Mine was 15. That's too much shit happened. So funny that you say 15. I was going to say 14. Yeah. Um, Because, well, you you go first. 
just, just you're going off personal experience i'm going off personal okay. experience and just a, it was a it was a whole lot of bullshit in one year i'll just leave it at that and it also was a catalyst for continuous bullshit sure later on i think i would say in general i mean definitely for me but also in general i go to 14 mm. because you are neither a you're a teenager technically mm-hmm but people don't see you as a teenager yet, really. Mm-hmm. Like, they see you as a teenager, but, like, you don't have quite the freedoms of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still, te- tr- like, treating you like a child. Yes. But you feel like you're growing into an adult, but you're not quite an adult. I mean, I think that that goes from, like, the 14 to 16 range. But yeah. the reason I rank 14 as being worse than, like, 15, 16 is because at least the way that licensure – so this is personal experience – And I found out that it works differently here in Connecticut. But in Minnesota, where I grew up, at 14, you couldn't drive. Mm -hmm. At 15, you could get your learner's permit. So you could drive with an adult. So I was, like, driving with my sister. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, And then at 16, like, on your 16th birthday, you were eligible to take your driver's license and get your license. I've learned that here in Connecticut, and maybe you can speak to it more because I didn't grow up here. But, like, 16 is when you actually start, like... Permit and everything. Permit and everything, Mm -hmm. right? So at 14, I just feel like you're like encroaching that emerging adult age, but you don't quite have a lot of the freedoms yet. Your curfew still sucks. Like it's just like you can't go anywhere, but you're like too old to be like considered a child. But you, I mean, and I don't mean that in like legal, like yeah, like you're still obviously in my you're not, you're not wrong, you're not an adult, yeah. I just feel like I have a lot of 14, 15, 16 year olds who are like in that emerging adult. Teenage years suck. They do. I remember at fifteen, I was treated as an adult when it was convenient, and yes, not exactly when it wasn't convenient. You framed that <laughs> perfectly. Yes, that you're an adult when people want you to be, and right. you're a child when people want you to be. Exactly. You yes. summarized that in literally one sentence. And here I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Trying to walk no. my way all around it. Um, yeah, no, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, please uh, don't be shy to leave us a voicemail on Spotify. Again, we'd love to hear and engage more with our listeners. Uh, please be sure to access us wherever you follow. You get your podcast and wherever you follow. Um, please leave us a five-star review if you can. Yes, I'm asking for the five-star. It really does help us out. It gets our name out there. Don't forget to share with everyone. Yeah. Okay. Your share. dog, your cousin, your Literally aunt. everyone. Your yeah. bird. Your everyone. Boss. Yeah, your just, neighbor Joe from No Street. Yes. Yeah. Just everyone. If you're going through a McDonald's drive through share it with the cashier as well. But until next time, sincerely, sincerely to imperfect, imperfect therapists. therapists.